Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. You're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 376. On Now You Know. Thanks to Birch for sponsoring today's episode. They've launched their Black Friday sale and you can get 25% off your purchase for a limited time. So check out the Birch site for more details. Birch makes mattresses that are crafted with organic and natural materials that have been sustainably sourced. We each have Birch mattresses and have shared our experiences with you. I've had my Lux mattress by Birch for a couple months now and I can see why it's called the Lux. I also got Birch's plush organic mattress topper and I love it. My Birch is so soft and comfortable. I can tell that it's helping me fall asleep faster. And it was important for me to choose a Birch mattress because it's made of organic and natural materials. It's really great to know that the mattress is free from all polyurethane foams. It does not release dangerous emissions into the air. I can reduce my environmental impact by having a mattress that is produced with natural and organic materials. Unlike other brands, Birch mattresses do not contain fiberglass, which can be harmful to your health. Other mattress companies use fiberglass as a flame retardant in their products, but Birch mattresses are free of harmful fiberglass materials. In fact, Birch owns its own manufacturing facility, which is entirely free from products containing fiberglass. When you get a Birch mattress, you get a 100-night sleep trial along with a 25-year warranty. The best part about all this is that Birch delivers your mattress right to your door for free within the U.S. They also offer in-home setup and removal to make your buying experience as convenient as possible. The Birch Natural Mattress was just awarded the best mattress of 2023 by U.S. News out of over 340 mattresses and hours of in-person expert testing. I love my Birch mattress. I think you will too. If you're looking for a new bed, check out Birch Living. Their Black Friday sale is running now, so it's the perfect time to upgrade your sleep with 25% off a Birch mattress, plus two free EcoRest pillows. Visit birchliving.com slash now you know to find out more about this limited time offer. Starship serial number 25 with Booster 9 launched from Starbase in Boca Chica, Texas at SpaceX's second test launch of Starship on Saturday morning. At 2 minutes and 45 seconds into the flight, the Super Heavy Booster performed the first time doing a hot stage separation. Stage separation. Boost Uh, Can you explain what that is? Yeah, so uh, when you have a rocket, you have many stages. The stages are there so that way you have this big, super heavy at the bottom, which gets you up very high, does a lot of the work. Um, and then you don't really need all that weight of that rocket. So you go, goodbye. Bye-bye. You do a stage separation. It's called a hot stage separation because instead of there being like a long time between the two rockets, Starship itself kind of blasts the super heavy um, with the rockets as it flies away. Oh, so normally you wait till they're separated so you have space and there's like no harm or whatever, but <laughs> they found a way with this new like Hot staging, It looks like baby. a colander. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool, and it worked. And as Elon said, hot staging, check and see. Now, I think that we don't yet understand how important hot staging is. So just like it took us a while to understand the implications of landing the booster of Falcon 9, for SpaceX to pull this off on their first try with such a gigantic rocket is insane because, I mean, this booster that we're talking about is like a multi-story building. So the super heavy booster did separate successfully and turn around and started heading back for a landing, but about 45 seconds into the return flight, we got a RUD. Thank you. Which is? Rapid unscheduled disassembly. Clearly, no, I got that out of the gate. But 
all of Starship's six engines lit and kept Starship on its nominal course for its suborbital flight of Earth at an altitude of about 149 kilometers. Now, Starship was traveling at speeds of over 20,000 kilometers an hour. That's about four times faster than a rifle bullet. Sometime into the six-minute burn, it appears that Starship's automated flight termination system did terminate the flight. You are terminated. So we didn't get to see the splashdown in the Pacific that would have taken place about 200 miles north of Hawaii. The other good news, as John Krause points out, the orbital launch mount at Starbase appears to be in good shape following today's flight test of Starship. And Elon agreed launch pad is in great shape. Now, I've already seen the mainstream media calling this Starship test launch a failure. I want to be clear. This was not a failure. This was a very successful launch. Failure is not an option. SpaceX got so much accomplished in this launch and has gotten tons of useful data, which they'll use on the next Starship launch. Let's just go back, shall we, to September 28th, 2008, when SpaceX had the first test flight of the Falcon 1 from Omelek Island in the Pacific. It took four tries to get the rocket to successfully enter space. July 13th, 2009, on the fourth test launch, it worked. SpaceX was the first commercial company to successfully launch a rocket into space. Now, just 14 years later, we just got to watch SpaceX launch Starship and the Super Heavy Booster, the largest rocket mankind has ever made, with twice the thrust of the Saturn V. Be excited because what Starship is going to achieve for humanity is going to be mind-blowing. I think you watching this channel get it. Now your job is to make sure that other people in your life get it too. Share the launch video, explain what's happening, and let's ignite the imaginations of those young engineers and explorers out there who will someday soon be riding on Starship. So in July of this year, Elon said that FSD beta version 12 would come out by the end of this year. And last week, as we reported, Elon said that FSD beta 12 would come out in, quote, two weeks. We don't know yet if he was kidding because he commonly says two weeks when asked about many things. But what we do know is that the software update 11.4.8 is being pushed to Tesla's as we speak. And it's got a lot of improvements. Yeah, all of these, which we're not going to read. But look, that's nine bullet points. And while it's cool that you can now activate autopilot with a single stock depression instead of two. And don't forget, improve path blockage lane change accuracy by 10% due to updates to static object detection networks. <laughs> It's not neural net based vehicle control. So why is Tesla pushing an FSD update that isn't version 12? Is it somehow preparing for a version 12 release? And will that version 12 release happen before the end of the year? Look, I get it that everyone is mad at Elon for his sometimes way off predictions on when something will be released. For what Tesla and SpaceX and Neuralink and Boring Company and XAI and X are accomplishing, I think we all need to understand that the progress being made only happens when the leader of these organizations is optimistic and presses his teams hard. And that's what Elon does. You don't get it both ways. You don't get amazing humanity-level progress with a leader who is trying to play it safe. You get this amazing disruption with a leader who is fearless. So let's all focus on what all these companies are accomplishing and stop being brats about why is Elon always late? I'm happy to wait for the magic every time. And Tesla released over-the-air software update 2023.38.8. We just talked about the update that came out. No, no, this is the, this is like the release branch. This is not the full self-driving branch. There's different branches of software. What we have in my car is the full self-driving branch of the car. So you get different features. I have full self-driving beta, but like I didn't get like Joe mode until much later. Okay. So this is what normal people get, the people who did not spend money on full self-driving beta. Gotcha. 
A lot of the same stuff in this version, a uh, single stock to get into autopilot. Uh, passengers in the back seat uh, can listen to wireless Bluetooth headphones when watching the theater app on the rear touchscreen. The rest of the vehicles can continue to listen to uh, on other audio from the front. Wait, whoa, whoa, hang on, hang on. That, that's what I asked for a couple months ago. What, what was? That you can have separate audio feeds in the front and the back. Oh, I see. Right. Because you said, like, wouldn't it be cool if Bluetooth headphones could have because it has a rear screen in the back of the Model S and yeah. X. What, th were they listening to me? I mean, maybe. Or maybe they were checking out more Tesla.com, where many Tesla owners go to post their software suggestions. Either way, that's a great feature. According to Tesla, you pair your headphones at App Launcher, Rear Display Settings, Add New Headphones to Listen. Turn on the headphones up to two, by the way. Open a theater app on the rear screen and hit play. Great. So you're not bothering the driver. Yeah, so this is great for the kids. Pop on their headphones, let them watch something on the rear screen. Really smart. Something that, you know, a 1990s minivan had, but, you know, <laughs> now with Bluetooth and it's all integrated into the car. So it appears that Rivian pushed an over-the-air software update last week as well that bricked the infotainment system in the R1T and the R1S. Rivian's VP of software development, Wasim Ben Said, went on Reddit to update users saying, hi, y'all. We made an error with the 2023.42 over-the-air update. A fat finger where the wrong build with the wrong security certificates was sent out. We canceled the campaign and we will restart it with the proper software that went through the different campaigns of beta testing. Service will be contacting impacted customers and we'll go through the resolution options. That may require physical repair in some cases. This is on us. We messed up. Thanks for your support and patience as we go through this. So that went out 10 hours after Rivian users started reporting that displays in the vehicles went black. He updated users on Reddit? I mean, why not email? Did you get an email from Rivian? No, luckily I read about it on X before I hit the, do you want to update button in the Rivian? Look, I would love to report on this software update from firsthand experience, but having had the Rivian bricked on previous occasions, I'd rather not go through that again, especially since it could actually require physical service. So how do they send out the wrong software? That does sound fishy, doesn't it? Oh, my bad, dude. I was wolfing down this rad burrito and my fingers were all like sticky, you know? And I was like, should I get up and wash my hands or should I like push this awesome new software update like Pronto? And so I totally fat fingered the wrong file to the service. Totally my bad, bro. Sorry, I like bricked all your expensive rides. That's like totally on me. Burritos are on me next time we go to the cantina. Yeah, I think this is a really bad look for Rivian. And I just want to point out, if you happen to be off on an adventure somewhere on a mountain, uh, and then you hit like, yeah, let's update it tonight. And then you came out in the morning and you were pretty much bricked. Uh, what? What are you going to do? I also just want to point out that as far as I know, and I did a little bit of Googling, this has never happened with Tesla before. Mm. Never, ever, 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 ever. Yeah. Especially nothing that would require a physical repair. I know. And just to get the car, you know, back up to snuff. Well, you know, Rivian's quick to say this only affected 3% of drivers, but 3% is probably thousands of Rivians. And if some of those have to be brought into Rivian repair, that's a lot of unhappy customers. Well, and also right now sitting in the driveway is our Rivian and it says, do you want to update? <laughs> Hit this button to update, dude. And I'm going like, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Can he withstand the temptation to push the button that even now beckons him ever closer? We're going to be on this software package for a while because yeah. I don't know what software it wants to give me. Exactly. We're probably going to have to wait to be at least two behind before I feel comfortable updating again. Like, I know, I know that it's like, oh, don't worry. We liked it. We fixed it. It's not going to do anything bad. Really? 
And look, after an unimpressive Q3 results and this software snafu, it looks like Rivian is having to pull a demand lever to try and sell more R1T pickup trucks. On Friday, Rivian posted on X, right now get a wall charger and installation credit of up to $2,000 at no additional cost when you buy an R1T from our available inventory. So you have to purchase an R1T before the end of the year from Rivian's available inventory. So to me, this implies that a lot of people backed out of their purchases and that Rivian has a lot of R1Ts sitting around that they need to move. Yeah, I think you can sum up Rivian's demand problem in five ways. Software snafu, no federal tax credit, tonal cover, no supercharging yet, and Cybertruck. So I want to go through the five. Software snafu, we just told you about. Prospective buyers who learn about how your truck could be bricked by a subpar software team, that's kind of a non-starter. No federal tax credit. I just looked up what inventory R1Ts were available. They're all over $90,000. So no federal tax credit. That's a pricey truck. Tonneau cover. Rivian might have come up with a fix for the faulty retractable tonneau cover, but we haven't gotten ours yet. And I think that this shows too that their hardware engineering teams are subpar. No supercharging yet. Rivian has agreed to adopt the Tesla NAC standard, but it ain't here yet. And it won't be for a couple of years, leaving us and many R1T owners kind of stuck if they want to easily go for an adventure. And lastly, Cybertruck. I know a lot of people say they don't like the look of the Cybertruck and they won't ever get one, but I think many are going to eat their words when Cybertruck comes out at the end of this month and they see one in person. I also think that many people wanted an electric pickup truck, so when Ford and Rivian came out with theirs first, they were the only game in town. Now with Tesla entering the arena, I think the R1T is a tougher sell. What do you think? Share your thoughts with the community in the comments down below. And while you're at it, hit the like button. It really helps share this video with more people. So Starlink has just announced their next gen Starlink terminal. Let's talk about some of the stats here. Yeah. So I think the biggest change is that it's no longer, you know, your Dishy McFlat face with the with the motorized. Yeah, there's turning. no motors. It's just a flat rectangle. It has a 110 degree field of view. So basically you just point it at the sky mm -hmm. and then it just works. And it has a kickstand. So this is a much cheaper version to manufacture. Of course, the antenna is still fabtabulous, mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure that they've made lots of improvements to it, um, but you no longer have this like motorized system. It's gonna take up less room, right. um, and it also has lower power consumption, 75 to 100 watts. I think ours is about 150, yeah. and while that doesn't sound like a lot, if you're running off-grid, either an RV or, in our case, a solar trailer, um, that does make a difference. It, it means it hours up. more uh, runtime. Yeah, and the cool thing is it still has a really cool snow melt capability. So up to 40 millimeters or 1.5 inches an hour. So you can have it in really snowy environments. It can operate from negative 30 degrees C up to 50 degrees C. That's negative 22 degrees Fahrenheit to 122 degrees Fahrenheit. It only weighs 6.4 pounds. And as we talked about, it's really easy to hook up. I mean, it looks like you can hook it up in about 60 seconds. Mm -hmm. And uh, because it's cheaper to make and cheaper to ship. And this is probably why Starlink just reported that their revenue even now. They're not losing money anymore. Mm. And this could really help reach other parts of the globe where startup cost is going to be extremely important. Mm. Um, so if this could cost even $100 less, you're going to allow more people to buy it. Alexandra, order me a Hyundai EV with blue exterior. Ordering Hyundai electric vehicle with blue exterior from Amazon now. What are we talking about, you ask? At the LA Auto Show, Hyundai and Amazon just announced a partnership whereby starting next year, you'll be able to order a Hyundai vehicle online on Amazon and then pick it up directly from a local dealer or have it delivered. And we're not making this up. Making one of the biggest purchases of your life can be simple, convenient, even quick. 
and from anywhere. You'll be able to choose from different models, trims, colors, and features, and then check out directly on Amazon. And starting in 2025, you'll be able to use Alexandra to do it. Uh, Hyundai's CEO, Jay Chang, says this partnership will unlock incredible opportunities. I just hope that nobody orders wrong. I said Ionic 6, not Ionic 5. Alexandra, return Hyundai Ionic 5. Initiating return of Hyundai Ionic 5. Please rebox the Hyundai Ionic 5 and proceed to nearest Whole Foods return desk. And I don't see why this announcement is such a big deal, to be honest, because I mean, I think you can already do this with your phone. But Hyundai says that starting in 2025, you'll be able to control your home Alexandra while using hands-free Alexandra in your Hyundai. So features like warming up your house or turning on your lights before you get home, for instance. Right. And I mean, I think that these features, these Alexandra features are so corporate, like someone in Hyundai corporate is getting pats on the back right now. Like, Steve, great job with that. That is so great. I can't believe I didn't think of that. You know, d dumb people use Amazon, right? So dumb people are not going to be able to buy our cars easier. They don't have to go to the to the dealer because dealers are confusing. But Steve. How many more boxes are we going to have to order for these trucks? I mean, that's a lot of boxing. What this really shows to me, though, is that I think that Hyundai is starting to understand that people don't like going to car dealers anymore. And they were like, why not? They were like, how can we do this online? Right. And the and the, and the eggheads at their department were like, whoa, whoa, uh, uh, <laughs> online selling cars online. How do we do that? We should talk to somebody who sells things online. Is there a company that sells a lot of stuff? Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, Tesla's been doing this for decades. Yes. That you could buy a car online. Yeah. I mean, to me, this is just kind of marketing BS. Um, what people really want are great specs and features from their EVs and better prices. They don't want, you know to be able to order it on Amazon. Lucid has unveiled its second model, the three-row, seven-seater SUV that they're calling the Gravity at Automobility LA. Hmm. And I know you're not into it, so we'll just jump right into the features and the specs. So Lucid's senior VP of design and brand claims that the Gravity has the lowest drag coefficient for a production SUV at 0.24, although the numbers are not official yet. The Tesla Model X has an official CD of 0.24, so... So it's same number. And like the Model X, which has different width tires front and back, the Gravity has different sized tires front and back. So the options are the 21 and 20 inch or the 22 and 21 inch. That'll just make it all the more confusing when you go to rotate your tires. Oh, I don't seem to be able to rotate your tires. <laughs> you get your tires changed. You're like, why is the car drifting to the left? <laughs> oh, sorry, dude. I'm used to like a regular car. I work at a tire dealership now. The interior now has a horizontal main screen like the Model X and other Teslas do versus the Air, which still has the vertical screen. Plus, this now has the 34 inch clear view cockpit OLED display in front of the driver. And check this out, Jesse. I know you're going to love it. Frunk seats. I don't hate frunk seats. I just don't think that anyone's ever going to do that with their. No. $100,000 car. Why not? You're going to go to the beach and open up your frunk and sit in the frunk seats. No, you're going to put seats in the frunk, bring them to the beach, unfold the seats, sit in the seats, 
somewhere else, not in your car. All right, well, let's get on some more specs here. 900 volt architecture with 440 miles, that's 708 kilometers of range. That is not EPA tested yet, so that's just what Lucid claims. Okay. Uh, the battery is an unconfirmed 113 kilowatt hours, charging of up to 200 miles in 15 minutes, so we don't really know the charging speed. Uh, over 800 horsepower with zero to 60 in under 3.5 seconds, towing of 6,000 pounds, and 112 cubic feet of cargo space. Now to the pricing, which Lucid hasn't officially announced yet, but they do say it will resemble those of their Air sedans. So there will be four trims. The top Dream Edition pricing has not been announced at all. But the next level down, the Grand Touring is expected at 119000 The Touring is expected at 89000 And the lowest trim, or Pure, is expected at 79000 Just low enough to grab the $7,500 federal tax credit. The Gravity should start production late next year. And I just want to point out that the... The pure version, the lowest version, is not going to have the specs that you talked about, the no. range and the acceleration. No, no, all that's, all, that's all the 119,000. Or more. Right. And can I just say that the Tesla Model X starts at 79,990, which is $10,000 cheaper than the actual gravity that you can get right now, mm -hmm. which costs 89,000. I don't even think. know if you can get, I think you can only get the Grand Touring and above. But anyway, yeah, I get your right. point. Yep. So then the Model X is dual motor, mm -hmm. 0 to 60 and 3.8. The Tesla Model X Plaid is $94,990. That's about $24,000 cheaper, and it's quicker. The Plaid does a 0 to 60 in 2.5 seconds versus the 3.5 for the gravity. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could argue that by the time that Lucid starts making the gravity, both will be able to charge at Tesla superchargers, and the gravity has a better range. You could also argue that Lucid may not be around in two years, since they are currently losing over $400,000 for every car that they sell. That's a good point, too. Talking about some more electric SUVs, Cadillac has just confirmed their Optic EV. Oh, awesome. So it looks like a crossover SUV. So what are those stats? They haven't released any. Okay. How about the price? Uh, they haven't released any. Okay. How about... Look, they, they say that they'll unveil the details and everything next year. This is just the confirmation. Oh, right. I forgot the multi-step release process that traditional car companies use. It goes, um, what is it? Rumored, discussed, concept, several other steps, then confirmed, leaked, sneak peek, uh, release date of the announcement of when it will be unveiled. The unveiling, uh, the one to two year delay in production, then early production, then first deliveries, then another inexplicable delay. Then middling sales, followed by a battery recall and... And so forth. Yeah, right. Right. So now they get to show us some pictures of what it might look like. I think I'll take it with a grain of salt until they start production. Cadillac says that it will cost less than the Lyric, which currently starts at $59,000. Well, it will be competing with the Model Y, which is starting at $43,000 right now. So good luck with that, Cadillac. So if you were disappointed after the Consumer Product Safety Commission, or CPSC, ripped Radio Flyer's CyberQuad for Kids off the shelves last year, we have good news. Radio Flyer has redesigned the CyberQuad for Kids to make it worse and therefore more suitable for children. What? Well, back in 2022, the CPSC forced Radio Flyer to issue a total recall of the CyberQuad for Kids because they deemed it a, quote, youth ATV as opposed to a child's ride-on toy. So they had to really slow it down and depower it? No, they just had to add a few warning stickers and remove the rear suspension spring. Wait, they got to keep the same motor and battery and top speed? Yep. All they had to do was make it worse to ride by removing a spring, and now the CPSC has no issue with it. So it's the same center of mass, the same weight, the same steering system and wheels? Now it's just a little worse. And because of that, it's safer for your children, according to the CSPC, 
<laughs> okay, wait. So Tesla can now sell it? Yes, you can buy it right now on Tesla's website. Just remember that Tesla didn't make this change. It was Radio Flyer the whole time. There's a lot of people who are like, Tesla's being real shady about this. Uh, no, first of all, it's Radio Flyer because that's who makes the damn thing. And also, they are just complying with the Consumer Product Safety Commission's guidelines. Thank you, Senator Warren. Thank you so much for protecting us by making a worse product for our children to ride. America. All right, time for the Cybertruck Roundup. Yeehaw! The Cybertruck Roundup. And Tesla Hype posted Cybertruck versus a Ford F-150 Lightning off-road test. Elon said Cybertruck is alien technology. And there's been a big hullabaloo this week over a video released of a Cybertruck prototype sighting that included a rare good look of the interior of the pickup truck. Now, there have been reports of people seeing their delivery event invites revoked by Tesla after sharing the video. I'm sick of this. Neither of you can come to the party. Oh, and now people are thinking it's because of this. Some people have been extrapolating the 71% battery remaining to mean that Cybertruck only has 267 miles of range. And that's because they claim that because the truck has traveled 16 miles and went from 71% state of charge to 65% state of charge, that if you do the math, that would be 267 miles of range. And a lot of other people have pointed out that depends how accurate the rounding is. You could easily have 322 miles of range if it was rounding. So let's all take a chill pill, shall we? And wait till we know. And here's the other thing. It also depends how you were driving for those uh, 16 miles. If you were flooring it all the time, if you're going up hills. Yeah, because, you know, if you drive like a normal person, which sometimes I do, um, then you get a great range. But if you're having a grand old time, because maybe somebody let you drive a Cybertruck, <laughs> Um, you're probably going to use a heck of a lot more range. That's how physics works. And you know what? We asked our Patreons this week what they think, and we'll be sharing that with you later in the show, because that's how Patreon works. So Tesla's global director of product design, Javier Verdura, spoke at a conference in Monterey, and according to this report in Millennio, he said that Tesla will be delivering only 10 Cybertrucks at the delivery event on November 30th. 10? That's it? I said count to turn. According to this report, he said, we are going to deliver the first 10. Really? Look, I hope it's more. I mean, it's great that Cybertruck is finally here, but yeah, I hope it's more like 50 or 100. And can we trust Verdura? I mean, well, he has worked at Tesla since June of 2012. So, I mean, he is high up. I feel like last Be minute they could just pump out a couple more. I hope it's more than a couple, yeah. Uh, good news, though. Tesla has removed the four Cybertruck only section from its website purchase agreement. Remember, we talked about this last week. The company is no longer explicitly prohibiting Cybertruck owners from reselling their vehicles. However, the general language on resellers is still in the agreement, um, and this mainly applies to dealerships. The general language has existed in many versions of the agreement in the past. So they've so kind of reneged on the what I think is pretty legally not so strong. Thing. And also, I mean, if you want to sell it to someone in your family or a good friend, I don't think that's the same thing as like scalping your vehicle. And I just think that they were opening themselves up to a lot of lawsuits because there there is going to be a lot of turnover with these vehicles. Right. Um, there was going to always be a black mark for Cybertrucks. Right. Um, there's going to be markups and people who want to pay more, just like they want to pay more for the Nike Airs or whatever, they're going to do that. Cartels are going to want them. <laughs> So I had to show you this great footage of the Tesla quality team testing out the Cybertruck's tonneau cover. This was covered by our good friend, Jeff Roberts, who's flying over uh, Giga Texas. Oh, awesome. So they must have a bunch of like sensors back there and use like AI to detect water intrusion. Uh, no, they lay a guy back there and he uses the flashlight on his phone to check for leaks as they go through the sprayers. Well, I mean, that's how I would do it. So. Yeah, it's saving us time, really. <laughs> 
Um, here's an awesome video of the Prime Minister of Thailand getting a personal tour of the Cybertruck with Lars. And he even jumped up on the tonneau cover. Man, imagine having a head of state who could do that. He he looks spry. It's been he a while looked, since we've had a head of state that could do that. He looked fit, man. But I mean, imagine a truck where you can do that. I can't wait. I mean, a fold up back section that you can stand on. That's like something out of James Bond. And we got a good shot of inside the tonneau cover at night. So those lights look nice and bright. It'll help you kind of pack stuff in. Um, even if you have the tonneau cover up, it'll be nice. And what about what you can fit back there? The Griswold family Christmas tree. Do you think you could put a bike in it, though? Yeah, I mean, check this out. So this is in a garage. Everyone thinks you can't put the Cybertruck in a garage. Wait, it fits in a garage? It fits in a garage? Yeah, this is a garage. I love when it's driving along and we see it right next to a Ford F-150 and people are like, but is it bigger? I'm like, no, it's look not. At, just look. Just look. <laughs> I, I don't know. Look. You look. Hey, y'all, come look at this. And just wanted to leave you with what I think are going to be a very common occurrence very soon. That's cool. I kind of like that Absolutely a lot. Absolutely not. Yeah. That is the ugliest thing. That looks like the Humvee like. from Halo. Yeah, that is great. That really is the reaction. I feel like every man in America is gonna be like, "Yes, I'm I getting want that. that." And every woman in America is like, "No, <laughs> no you're not." That's Bob. the ugliest thing I've ever seen. And every kid is like, "Oh my god, yeah. my mind is blown." I know. And just remember that Zach and I will be live streaming practically all day from Austin, Texas on November 30th for the Cybertruck event. Yeah, we are hosting the Cybertruck after party and we'll be bringing you everything Cybertruck that day with all your favorite YouTubers, Sandy Monroe, Farzad Mezbahi, Alien Space, Jehu Garcia, and many more. So whether you can join us in Texas or here on YouTube, please mark your calendars because it's sure to be awesome. You know what else is awesome? Our friends at Cybertruck Owners Club, they help sponsor the show, and that's where you're going to find all the latest and greatest information about Cybertruck. I mean, it's just crammed. You cannot get through that in a sitting. And if you can't get your hands on a Cybertruck, can I interest you in a Robotruck? What's this now? This is the Robotruck being shown off at the LA Auto Show by a startup company called AI Tech X. That's AI Tech plus X. Would you like a computer-generated marketing video while I give you the specs? Sure. 550 miles EPA rated range, even though it hasn't been tested by EPA, although um, they haven't stated the battery size yet either. Zero to 60 in 3.5 seconds and a top speed of 125 miles an hour. It'll be 188 to 198 inches long, depending on the configuration, and 76.6 inches wide. So shorter and narrower than the Cybertruck. Although AI Tech X claims it will have a six foot bed like the Cybertruck, even though, like you said, it's two feet shorter. And Robotruck will have a mid-gate to make the bed even longer. I mean, this is obviously a prototype that they were showing at the auto show. Yes. Uh, AI Tech X says they expect to start production in 2025, and they're taking $100 pre-order reservations on their website configurator. So what do you think? Uh, <laughs> is anyone going to cancel their Cybertruck reservations and reserve a Robotruck instead? Your move, creep. Uh, look, so we went online to reserve ours. <laughs> Uh, prices start at $59,000. Uh, they go up to $99,000 for the full off-road version. Uh, we just picked every option. So we got $50,000 worth of options. Like you can pick your own color. I, I just want to point out, though, that on the website, 
when they show certain features, they take pictures of Teslas and Rivians and, and Fords. Fords and just steal them wholesale. Like the wheels, when you go to the, the tire configuration, They're what Tesla size wheels. do you want? They show Tesla wheels with the Tesla logo on them. That When they show the, the roof racks, they show the oh, Rivian. Look, you know, we're so used to seeing really sexy concept vehicles at shows, right? That are just perfect. Take a look at some of these pictures here. Uh, this is slapped together. And look, I get it. If Jesse and I were to make something like this in the garage, it would look worse. But... If you're going to go to the LA Auto Show, I feel like you have to show off something that's really cool looking. I, we've been to the LA Auto Show. You can see our video on it. I was not impressed when I went two, three years ago, right? It was like, whatever. <laughs> it was just a bunch of ICE vehicles and then a couple of wacko startups like this. Mm -hmm. It was like, what are you talking about? This is not a real vehicle. You're not a real company. No. I don't know. It's sketch. <laughs> and let us know what you think, though, because, yeah, I don't even think it looks good as a that's a concept. But 2025. So when we test things over on our sister channel, Now Let's Review, we really test them. Yeah. How would you like to see Jesse and I run over the J Plus Booster 2 portable EV charger with our 7,000 pound Rivian R1T? I mean, it's said in the specs that it could handle it. So do you want to see if it could really handle it? Three, two, one, go! Then you're going to have to watch our review. And you might be asking, why would you need a charger that you can run over? Well, you know, Sometimes it's dark when you pull out of your driveway. And it's because of our viewers and subscribers on the Now It's Review channel that we can do this. Yeah, we can call up a company and be like, would you like send us one of your chargers so we could run over it? So check out Now It's Review for all kinds of fun products from e-bikes and scooters to EV chargers, composters, and more. Now an update to the Tesla Sweden strike. Tesla has sent a letter to all Tesla owners in Sweden. In it, they explain that Tesla Sweden has about 300 employees and more than 90% are working, which means that less than 30 employees are actually on strike. One Tesla employee has written an opinion piece in Eriks Elahanda, a daily newspaper in Sweden, saying, why is nobody listening to us who work at Tesla? You read that 130 car mechanics have gone on strike. The fact is that no one in Orebro has gone on strike at all. Are we afraid? Absolutely not for our employer. Are we afraid of IF Metal? Yes, we are afraid of the union. I have received threats of dismissal from Akasa. They have written that I am a traitor who does not stand up for my colleagues, etc. I enjoy my job. In fact, Tesla is the best employer I have ever had. I used to work at another workshop that had a collective agreement where we were much worse off, which is why I chose Tesla. I chose Tesla because I want to be part of and contribute to a greener transition. Tesla is the car company that is responsible for the largest part of the green transition in Sweden, and I'm proud of it. Why does IF Metal continue to threaten us all the time just because we democratically chose not to have a collective agreement. It is actually us, service technicians, not car mechanics, who do not want a collective agreement. The union threatens not to clean our facilities. Are we to work in dirt and misery? Is it IF Metal's agenda to make sure we feel bad at work? IF Metal and their strike chairman, who thinks it's better that we are unemployed, that we are better off without a collective agreement. Let us, 137 service technicians, vote on a collective agreement instead. Let democracy have its way. Is it the case that democracy does not exist in Sweden and in the trade unions anymore? So IF Metal's strategy seems to be to threaten vehicle production at Giga Berlin. Um, IF Metal Strike General Veli Pekka Sakala described the strategy, quote, there will be serious disruption in production, and that is, of course, the aim. Without that detail, you cannot deliver the car. There is a very high risk that there will be serious disruptions in production, and that is, of course, the purpose for us to get Tesla to sign a collective agreement. 
Yeah, so this is the real agenda here. It's to get at the union in hey, Germany. Hey, uh, nice car factory you got there. Be a uh, be such a shame if something happened to it, uh, wouldn't it? I'm sorry. Is that not how it sounds to you? Yep. Do, when you hear um, actual Tesla technicians saying like, "I love my job. Why are you making my job worse?" Exactly. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes! 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 Hey, uh, you got some nice job there in fancy Tesla Oops. world. Hey, why don't you join with us? Okay, we'll protect you. We'll protect you. you. Oh, you like your job? What are you, some kind of filthy scab or something? Give me a break. All right, some interesting news from Cruise. Kyle Vaught, the CEO, said, Today I resigned from my position as CEO of Cruise. And then a whole bunch of ex-posts where, you know, Cruise is just getting started, yada, yada. And he said, as for what's next for me, I plan to spend time with my family and explore some new ideas. Thanks for the great ride. So what's going on? Why did Kyle resign? Well, it's not exactly clear what's happened here yet. Kyle is 38. He is a serial entrepreneur, having started Twitch, which Amazon bought for $1 billion. Then he started the video app Social Cam. He started Cruise in 2013, and it got bought by GM in 2016 for a billion dollars. So that's at least two unicorns he's made. As we've reported, on October 24th, Cruise had their license to operate in California autonomously suspended indefinitely. Definitely. Either Kyle couldn't stand the heat in the kitchen or he was forced out. Ah! <laughs> or look, he's mega wealthy. He's 38 with three kids. My guess is that Cruz's roadmap doesn't look as good as he's saying. And he decided to get out while the getting is good and enjoy the fruits of his labor. And also working for GM cannot be that fun. So you said that the cars drive themselves. What does that mean? I know that you've been working for us for six years now. What does it mean? Yeah, us up at corporate, we're just a little confused. The cars normally drive themselves down the road, and you just have to, you know, steer them and hit the gas pedal, but they do the driving, right? So what do you do? And I mean, GM has been losing a bundle on Cruise. So far, just in the first nine months of this year, Cruise lost $1.9 billion with a B. Billions? Third quarter losses were up 47% year over year. So GM must be thinking about cutting their losses and doing what Ford did with Argo. Remember, they sold it. Cruise will now be led at least temporarily by Mo Elishanawi, who previously worked as the company's executive VP of engineering. So we all know that Tesla is using gigapresses to make the bodies of their Model 3 and Model Y and Cybertruck vehicles. Well, there's a new report out from Autocar saying that Tesla is investing in R&D to find new ways to repair their gigacasted vehicles. The report says, according to sources within Tesla, the company is investing in research and development to find innovative repair solutions for the megacast underbody sections. They aim to develop repair techniques that are efficient, cost-effective, and maintain the structural integrity of the vehicle. Now, the report claims that Tesla has hired Thatchcam Research to test Tesla's new underbody after concerns raised over repair costs. So can I just cut to the chase here? Mm -hmm. This has to do with insurance companies and auto insurance premiums. I believe Tesla has hired Thatchcam Research as an independent third party to show that full body casting does not increase costs to repair vehicles that are in collisions. But how could that be, Zach? If one monolithic casting gets distorted in a crash, then there's no way to repair it. Spoiler alert, if a car gets into an accident and the frame gets bent, in most cases, it's not worth repairing. And insurance companies just call the car totaled. If I lose my temper, you're totaled, man. I think that Thatchcam Research is going to be able to show with a stiffer single piece casting, there'll be fewer instances of bent Tesla underbodies in collisions, which means fewer Teslas will be totaled, which will lead to cheaper repair costs and therefore cheaper premiums. It'll be interesting to see what Thatchcam's work reveals. But even if auto insurers don't believe it and charge higher premiums for gigacast Teslas, don't forget Tesla Insurance currently operates in 12 states and eventually plans to operate in all 50 states. 
Hey, if you'd like to share a clip you've seen on the show, but you don't want to share the whole one-hour episode, go to our Now You Know Clips channel on YouTube or head on over to X where we chop into little bite-sized pieces. And now we go to Ellie in Space, who was down in Boca Chica at Starbase covering the Starship's second launch. Well, Zach and Jesse, I don't need to tell you about the roller coaster and excitement that we had on Saturday with the second integrated flight test of Starship. From a last second delay on Friday due to a grid fin actuator replacement being needed to Saturday bright and early seeing Starship launch for the second time, we can still consider it a major success. And here's what it sounded like six miles from the pad. Even though there was a rapid unscheduled disassembly of both the Super Heavy booster and the ship, SpaceX is still calling this an incredibly successful day. Starship did reach stage separation, a major milestone that they had not succeeded in on April 20th during the first launch. However, it exploded shortly after that milestone. The FAA has opened an investigation, but keep in mind this is completely normal for them to do. And I was there just four hours after the launch to look at the pad. It held up very well with the new improvements. So much better than launch number one. I mean, it's crazy that they're even letting us back here. It's reopened in such a short time frame. So that's a really great sign. We're hearing that SpaceX is hoping to launch again before the end of the year, but time will tell if that comes true. If you want more Starship coverage, be sure to check out my channel, Ellie in Space. Thanks, guys, and I'll see you at the end of November for Cybertruck. So we could see another Starship launch as a Christmas present. Yeah, I mean, I think in two to three weeks, they actually have one ready to go. It's just up to the FAA. Nice. And uh, I'm sure that the FAA is just going to be... Streamline that. Streamline that uh, <laughs> process. That'll be great. All right, it's time for Into the Future, sponsored by Henson Shaving. And you have not been shaving. No, I haven't been shaving. Would you forget been, your razor blades or something? It's bugging me. No, I still have plenty of <laughs> razor blades and everything. I just wanted to do No Shave November to prove to myself and everyone else that I can grow a beard. I will shave it off. I might even shave it off at the Cybertruck uh, after party. Oh, like at midnight? You never know. Yeah. Yeah, because that'll be turning into December 1st. Yeah. I love it. Let's do it. So it'll be, uh, you know, one month and In an the hour. bed of the Cybertruck. Maybe. Yeah, you can shave with a stainless steel blade in the back of a stainless steel truck. And you can get your Henson razor with 100 free blades if you use our code now you know at checkout. Just put those blades in your cart, use our code, and you'll get them for free. Okay, so I want you to watch some of this video from the company called TerraBase. Yeah, this is the first commercial deployment of TerraBase Energy's TerraFab automation solution for construction of large-scale solar plants. This is recorded at the White Wing Ranch 225 megawatt project in Yuma County, Arizona in August. So what you're seeing here is a robotic arm that lifts the solar panels and also lifts the heavy steel tubes. They claim that the robot achieved labor productivity improvements of 25% compared with manual installation. They also claim that the robot precision enables 100% return of solar panel packaging for reuse by the manufacturer. So I'm not exactly sure what that means. I think it's they get to send the crates or the boxes back and refill them. Okay. 
But if you're worried that the solar workforce is going to go down because of robots, I don't think you have to worry because according to the SEIA or the Solar Energy Industries Association, they're predicting that just in the U.S. alone, we're going to need 800,000 new workers by 2030 just to keep up with the pace of growth in solar. So that's like almost a million people. Yeah. And I mean, these robots basically just help and they kind of take the monotony out of a lot of the just the heavy lifting. All right, it's time for going green. And now, how'd you like to be able to put your front license plate onto your EV in just a few seconds? And take it off in just a few seconds. It's just that simple with Snap Plate. We've been using Snap Plate for years on our Teslas, and now you can get Snap Plates for many models of EVs. Yeah, we now use the Snap Plate on our Ford F-150 Lightning and our Rivian R1T. It makes a great gift this holiday season, and it's made in the USA out of recycled plastic. Sustainable. Yes, I love that. And you can get 10% off by using our exclusive code now you know at checkout. The link is down below in the show notes. Okay, I got to say, if you'd asked me when we started this channel eight years ago, what brand do you think is going to go electric? One of the last brands I would have thought of is Frito-Lay. Frito-Lay is owned by Pepsi, and you may remember that about a year ago, back in December of 2022, Pepsi took delivery of 21 of Tesla's first electric semi-trucks. It didn't hurt that the California Air Resources Board chipped in a $31 million grant, by the way. So I guess we shouldn't have been surprised to see that Frito-Lay has just continued that trend by launching its first 100% all-electric truck fleet at its Charlotte, North Carolina distribution site. Yeah, Frito-Lay took delivery of 28 Ford E-Transit trucks that have two seats, 68 kilowatt hour batteries for 126 miles of range. Frito-Lay says that this is a pilot for future electric fleets. Its goal is to deploy 700 electric vehicles by the end of this year. I don't see how that's going to happen, but Frito-Lay says that just this pilot fleet of 28 trucks will eliminate 260 metric tons of greenhouse gases annually. And we just talked about, of course, PepsiCo, but Coca-Cola has decided that they're going to kind of compete with Pepsi. What a surprise. What a twist. Coca-Cola competing with Pepsi? Who would have believed it? Not me. And so Coca-Cola has just decided to purchase 20 electric semis of their own. Oh, so Coke is buying Tesla semi-trucks too? No, they're getting Daimler's Freightliner E-Cascadia. Okay, but the E-Cascadia can come with a 155, 220, or 230 mile range. Whereas we've seen that the Tesla Semi can do 335 miles using just 77% battery charge. Right, like a 500 mile range. Well, these E-Cascadias were being delivered to their Downey, California production plant, which is basically in LA. My guess is that these trucks aren't going to travel very far and that they're just supplying LA with soda. Um, plus, California has some pretty amazing incentives for electric trucks, as you talked about. Mm -hmm. So I think that this really made a lot of financial sense. Yeah, I guess it's pretty nice to see some competition between Coke and Pepsi around electrification now instead of just taste tests. Uh, now, if only they could ramp that up by more than two dozen trucks. That would be nice. All right, it's time for Sunspots. Want to see the world's largest solar farm? Sure. There it is. What, that little red pin near Abu Dhabi? Yeah. Want to zoom in like they do in spy movies? Yeah. All right. Even more zoom. So this is located in the UAE. Are they hosting COP28 this year? Yes, that starts November 30th, and they timed it pretty perfectly. The Al-Dafra solar farm is now the world's largest single-site solar farm. Two gigawatts of solar, almost 4 million bifacial solar panels. It will power almost 200,000 homes and eliminate over 2.4 million tons of carbon emissions annually. This site created about 4,500 jobs, and at one point, they were installing 10 megawatts every day. 
This brings the UAE up to 3.2 gigawatts of solar. Their goal is to get to 14 gigawatts by 2030. So you said that COP28 starts on November 30. Why does that date seem so familiar? Because uh, that's the Cybertruck delivery event at Giga Texas. Remember, we're going to be in Austin hosting and live streaming the Cyber After Party. Make sure to mark it on your calendars and join us. And if you'd like to put solar on your house, but you don't want to go all the way to Dubai and look for some extra panels there, call our friends at Energy Pal. They can help get you solar for less, also batteries. Um, and tell them Zach and Jesse sent you, and they'll do it all for free. Link is down below. All right, it's time for our video contributor stories. Remember, we need your stories. Send them in to us at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Two minutes or less. Shoot them in landscape with some good audio and no music. What do we got this week? John and Michelle sent us this story about the recent Tesla road trip from England to Norway. Hi, Zach. Hi, Jesse. My name's John, and this is my partner, Michelle. We know you guys love nothing better than a bit of fud busting and some scenic supercharger locations. Well, have we got a treat for you? We took our seven-year-old, 70,000-mile Tesla Model S on a road trip from the south coast of England to the top of Norway. It's a journey of over 5,000 miles and goes to show you shouldn't believe everything in the tabloid press about battery degradation. It was an epic adventure. And en route, we took in some stunning scenery and we charged in some really picturesque locations. Here's our top three. Coming in third place, is the charger at Skiboten, a quaint fishing port. Skiboten was also the first place we charged in Norway, having just driven from Finland. At number two is the eight-stall charger at Molsjön, just 50 metres from a beautiful river with the mountains rising sharply on the other bank. This charger is a great place to take a break, but be aware there are few facilities and it is on an industrial estate. And drum roll please, our top spot, first place, goes to Andelsnes in the Rumama municipality. It's also a short distance from the Trolls Road, which is a serpentine mountain road with 11 hairpin bends. Check out our channel if you want to see us drive that. And we need to have an honorary mention for the three-stall charger on his vag. Now, it may not be the most picturesque, but it is the most northerly Tesla supercharger in the world. At almost 71 degrees north, it beats Alaska, Canada and Iceland. Thanks, guys, for your excellent show each week. And if your viewers want to see what went right... And what went wrong on this great trip, then check out our channel, The Long Free Ride. Thanks for your inspirational work, and we hope to see you in the UK sometime soon. That is so cool. That Thank you great. so much. You can check out their YouTube channel in the description below. It is the long free ride and it's quite awesome. I just pop that on when I just want to relax and just chill out. It's like having autopilot on, but now I'm in Norway. I know. It was really cool to see. I haven't like seen what that looks like and we get actual video of it. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. All right, it's time for the Patreon bonus stories. And on Patreon this week, we've got Tesla's first video ad. Joe Rogan and The Rock discuss Cybertruck. And, and I'm going to show that. No, 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 no. That's just for that's just for Patreon. That's oh, just for Patreon. Oh, so, yeah. so you get to see that, too. Um, also, we've got Investor Club bonus stories and so much more. So head on over to Patreon.com slash now, you know, support us for as little as a buck a month and you get all of those Patreon bonus stories. We'll see you there. All right, we're back from the Patreon bonus stories. It's time for the Patreon poll. Do you believe that Cybertruck will only have 267 miles of range? All right, well, most people said nope, it can't be that low. Moon Thief did point out range for the base model at the reveal was 250 miles plus, so this doesn't seem unrealistic. That being said, if you plan to do any towing with this, you probably want more. Right, but I mean, you're buying the 
base truck. Most of the time, if you buy a base pickup truck, the towing isn't necessarily something that uh, most base pickup trucks are like cut out for. Good point. All right, it's time for Elon's X's of the week. And Payush Goyal, who is a minister from India, said, visited Tesla's state-of-the-art manufacturing facility at Fremont, California. Extremely delighted to see talented Indian engineers and finance professionals working at senior positions and contributing to Tesla's remarkable journey to transform mobility. And Elon wasn't there. He was busy somewhere else. He said, it was an honor to have you visit Tesla. My apologies for not being able to travel to California today, but I look forward to meeting you at a future date. So that's interesting, having uh, Indian officials visiting Tesla. Mm. What's uh, going on there? Disclose TV said, Newsom Anji's visit. I know folks say, oh, they're just cleaning up this place because all these fancy leaders are coming into town. That's true because it's true. Elon says, does seem crazy that the zombie apocalypse can be cleaned up for an important visitor, but not for those who live there and pay for everything. The Seattle Times says a lawsuit alleges that Amazon's board breached its fiduciary responsibilities by signing off on what could be billions of dollars of contracts between Amazon satellite broadband venture Project Cooper and Jeff Bezos' space company Blue Origin. And Elon says, and yet they're pursuing me for a non-existent glass house and for hiring U.S. citizens. Sounds fair. Ray says, does Xpeng's latest UI visualization look familiar to you? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Elon reposted Tesla Manufacturing, which says that V4 Supercharger now available at Giga Berlin, open for all EVs. Nice. Elon said, actually happened. This is a real picture. And that, of course, is the seal they had to capture and put headphones on it. Holmar's catalog says most people reporting the news share incorrect info every day, including me. Elon says, yeah. Elon says, help grok grok. And basically, they're looking for programmers. So, hey, get out there and grok. Elon says Starship is over twice the thrust of the Saturn V moon rocket. Massimo says the trigeminal nerve is the chief sensory nerve of the face. This visualization shows why toothache is often linked to headache. And the Knowledge Archivist says the headache is connected to a stalled digestive system. The nerves lead down there as well. And Elon posted an exclamation point and wants you to know about it. So now I'm just <laughs> feeling my teeth in my skull. That's fun. Elon retweeted the delivery event, so the date has not changed, thank goodness. I got scared when I saw it. I thought it was a different date. Mark Benahoff says, go San Francisco, go APEC. Everyone is here. Elon says, San Francisco looks incredible tonight. May Musk, Elon's mom, says, I'm having way too much fun on Grok. And Elon says, Grok rocks. John Krause tweeted out this picture of Starship. Elon says, great shot. Holmar's catalog says, imagine what Neuralink could do for people who need bionic limbs, could feel completely natural. And Massimo says, 15-year-old amputee Grace receives her bionic arm from Open Bionics. Elon says, Neuralink plus Optimus has potential for incredible artificial limbs. Elon says, all history books ever written by humans can easily fit on a USB stick. Marco says, the street in San Francisco had multiple homeless camps on the sidewalk and they just filled it with plants. Genuine question, where do they send all the homeless people to? This happened almost overnight. And president of the AI Secrets Club says, based on the evidence, they have transmuted into plants. And Elon says, does seem that way. X News Daily says, news, X's lawyers have come to the defense of an Illinois student being threatened with disciplinary action by his university over posts he made on the platform. This is the first known example so far of X paying legal fees to support. Elon says, we will do whatever it takes to support your right to free speech. Ashley Sinclair says, the amount of young people who think America invented slavery is concerning. Elon says, yeah, that utter nonsense is being taught to almost every kid in America. The truth is that we were all descended from slaves because throughout history, the vast majority of people have been slaves in one form or another. The end of the global slave trade was primarily driven by Britain in the 18th and 19th centuries. Jim Fan from NVIDIA says, compression is all you need. Elon said, AI is compression. Sorry, Merritt says China's President Xi Jinping told Elon that he supports Tesla's development in China, according to a statement from Tesla's Weibo account today. Xi met Elon on November 15th in San Francisco. And Elon said, yeah. 
And there's a picture. May there be prosperity for all, Elon said. Elon said preparing for the launch on Saturday, which took place. Shibatoshi Nakamoto says it's actually insane how much the media blatantly lies. Elon says once you see it, you can't unsee it. Chamath Palihapitiya says, maybe we should change our asylum policy at the border before our cities go bankrupt. And that's because New York City's mayor, Eric Adams, has announced that they are having a huge financial impact on the city, a uh, billion dollars to their education department, among other cuts. And Elon agrees. Doge Designer says, traditional media is a competitor to X. They cover X negatively because they compete for your advertising dollars. Elon said, exactly. Elon said, at the risk of stating the obvious, anyone advocating the genocide of any group will be suspended from this platform. Anyone say that Premium Plus will now give you access to Grok AI? That's kind of true. I mean, I signed up for it, but I'm still waiting, Elon. And if you want to know why Sam Altman left OpenAI, let's ask Grok. Well, 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 it seems that Mr. Altman has finally decided to pack his bags and leave the party early. According to the announcement, the board found that he was less than honest with them, which is just a fancy way of saying he was a lying sack of sh**. Apparently, the board no longer has any confidence in his ability to lead OpenAI, which is a nice way of saying that they think he's a total f up. So they've decided to give him the boot, and now he's out on his ass. What a glorious day for honesty and integrity. And Elon said, based. And Elon said, if he does return to OpenAI, the board will be gutted. Elon then said, standing below Starship on the night before launch, add Astra. And these are the 33 engines. Shibatoshi Nakamoto said, I find it really interesting how the media and advertisers continually only target X while TikTok, Reddit, Facebook, Instagram, and everything else are wildly anti-Semitic recently. Hell, TikTokers are even supporting Osama bin Laden. Elon said, great question. Elon said, the split second court opens on Monday. X Corp will be filing a thermonuclear lawsuit against Media Matters and all those who colluded in this fraudulent attack on our company. Their board, their donors, their network of dark money, all of them. The discovery and depositions will be glorious to behold. Farzad Mazbai says, remember the time when old Twitter didn't solve its child porn issues for years and yet advertisers didn't seem to care? This is all political, it's obvious. The powers that be hate what this platform is doing because it goes against their ability to control the narrative. Elon says, exactly. Doge Designer says, why are these activist groups and companies so afraid of free speech on X? Elon says, that is the right question. Then this really nice post from um, a reporter from Africa basically saying that he backs Elon, that he's not a bigot and he's not a racist. And of course, Elon said, thank you. Elon tweeted out, for the first time, there's a rocket that can make all life multiplanetary, a fork in the road of human destiny. And Christian said, not too bad from a bunch of monkeys. And that's because we're you know, descended from apes. All right, it's time for community mail time. Community mail time. Remember, share your stories and your videos and your photos with us at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Anthony sent us this picture of a Quicksilver Model Y that they saw in Brussels, Belgium. Marco sent us this video of an F-150 Lightning at a restaurant by Hillsborough River in Tampa, Florida. Asif saw these Rivian Amazon delivery vans being transported on I-71 in Ohio. Rob spotted this VW ID Buzz in Los Angeles. Terry saw this FedEx electric truck in Temecula, California. Scott spotted this Model Y taxi while visiting Madrid. Robert sent us this picture of a pumpkin with knacks carved into it. Gary spotted this pink chrome Model X in Burnaby, British Columbia. Chris sent us this drone shot of the Tesla diner site. Yeah, reserve my table. Dave spotted this Cybertruck at the Supercharger in Hollister, California. Mike saw this Rivian R1S and Lucid Air parked next to each other at an office building in St. Louis, Missouri. M. Smitty spotted this Cybertruck at the Lemonster, Massachusetts Supercharger. Wait, here? Yeah, Massachusetts. Huh? It was spotted that, in Boston the that, other morning. That's ours. Yeah, right? I know. That's, 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 that's ours. A, that's a few miles away. They're going to say, we're only delivering <laughs> 10 trucks here, but around the world, we're delivering 400. <laughs> that would be awesome. Here's the list. Zach and Jesse Cataldo. <laughs> and Dave spotted the Cybertruck in Gillibend, Arizona. All right, well, let's see what people have reviewed for superchargers out there in the world. Hey, Zach and Jesse, uh, Rance Hardy here at the Prattville, Alabama Supercharger Station. 
uh, Prattville, Alabama is in central Alabama. Uh, this is the first version V4. We have 12 stalls here. It's in a Target parking lot with a number of other stores around. Uh, several restaurants in the area. We've got a TJ Maxx, uh, Office Maxx, pet store. Then across the street here, we've got uh, several restaurants in the area. Uh, these uh, version four superchargers will charge Tesla, but they have the uh, magic dock and the credit card reader, but those do not appear to be operational at the moment. We'll turn around here and take a look at them. Here's the V4, pull out for the Tesla, but the charging pad and the screen is not working this time. I will give this supercharger a station a six out of 10. Now you know. Hey, Zach and Jesse. Uh, I'm at Aberystwyth, Wales at the six stall supercharger using my uh, Turo rented Model S. We are at an inn. So if you want to stay there, it's great. Otherwise, there's not a whole lot around. There's a Robinson's across the street and just around the corner there's a mcdonald's as well otherwise i think we're just here for the view which is quite spectacular uh i'd have to give this about a six because it is the closest supercharger for the next about 150 kilometers so it's good to stop here all right now you know We're at the new 12-star supercharger in Huntsville, Alabama. Huntsville is known for the U.S. Space and Rocket Center, Space Camp, which is only a few miles away from here. Oh, there's plenty of restaurants and activities in this area. We've got a Trader Joe's, we've got a Dave & Buster's, uh, Wahlburgers, uh, Bar Ride. Uh, there's a Top Golf behind us, and the new amphitheater is also behind us if you're in town with the concerts. Oh, no, this is a great location. What do you rate it? It's an option. Now you I know. Hi, Zach and Jesse. This is Benny coming to you from sunny California. And I'm here at this supercharger that I noticed it was put in recently. They have 20 stalls at 250 kilowatt. Plus they have 20 or 30 destination chargers that people that stay at the hotel when shopping, they can charge their car. Also, they have another supercharger in the other side of the shopping center that they have eight stores at 150 kilowatt. And also at this location, they have new spots for additional 30 or 40 superchargers that they're gonna put in. And it's beautiful, it's going towards Las Vegas. I'm at Barstow, California. And now you know, thank you. Thank you so much for doing Supercharger Reviews. We have a spot on our website where you can review Superchargers and upload them. You can also see everybody else's review. So if you're planning a trip, you can see which Superchargers you'd like to stop at. All right, what do we got for new Superchargers in the world? We have number 71 in Australia is the Six Stall at South Yara in Victoria, Australia. We've got the Six Stall in Kaohsiung in Taiwan. The Three Stall in Ningbu, China. We've got the Three Stall in Dongguan, China. Number 70 in Virginia is the Eight Stall in Salem at Apperson Drive, Virginia. Number 89 in Taiwan is the 6th stall in Tainan. 
Number 63 in Spain is the four stall in Marbella, Spain. The three stall in Pingjiang, China. Number 162 in France is the 16th stall in Dinan, France. Number 56 in Illinois is the 12th stall in Bradley, Illinois. The 12th stall in City of Industry at Colima Road, California. The 44th stall in Redding on Hilltop Drive in California. The three stall in Guangzhou, China. The three stall in Shuzhou, China. Number 70 in Virginia is the eight stall in Franklin, Virginia. Number 40 in Ohio is the eight stall in Columbus, Ohio. Number 80 in Sweden is the eight stall in Harnosand, Sweden. Number 147 in Florida is the eight stall in Orlando. Number four in Malaysia is the four stall in Malacca, Malaysia. Number 149 in South Korea is the six stall in Incheon. Number 15 in New Mexico is the 15th stall in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Number 403 in California is the 6th stall in Pleasanton, California. The 2 stall in Delian, China. The 2 stall 120 kilowatt in Yushui, China. Number 1900 in China is the 6th stall in Chongqing, China. Number 16 in West Virginia is the 8th stall in Ripley, West Virginia. Number 42 in Oregon is the 8th stall in Wilsonville, Oregon. Number 53 in Georgia is the 12th stall in Commerce, Georgia. And number 84 in New York, number 2058 in the USA, and 5780 in the world is the 12th stall at Kirkwood, New York. Woo! That is awesome. Thank you so much for joining us uh, today on Tesla Time News. We are so excited for the end of this month when we're going to be at the Less unveiling. Less than 10 days. Oh my So gosh. exciting. Yeah, so everyone, as you're having a fun time with your family, if you're celebrating Thanksgiving this year, uh, you know, make sure you talk about Starship. Make sure mm. you talk about Cybertruck. These are things that I think you know so much about, you're probably like, well, everyone already knows about it. But, uh, you know, recently I've discovered that most people don't know anything about any of this oh, stuff. Oh, you've recently discovered that? I, I just recently <laughs> discovered it. It's amazing. No, really, do a little poll at your gathering and just ask, like, show of hands, everyone at the table, like, who has heard of Starship? And then who has heard of Cybertruck mm -hmm. and when it's coming out? And I'll bet you'll be surprised how few people actually know. I think that maybe right now, maybe set up a little playlist, a little YouTube playlist, show what, um, show like the, the rendering of Starship and what it should be doing, and then show them the launch mm. and talk about how they're getting closer to that reality where you're going to be able to take intercontinental flights, where you're going to be able to go to Mars, that kind of thing. I just want to go back to that footage that we showed of the Cybertruck on the road and the, the reaction people mm. gave to it. That little kid kept going like, that can't There's be, no, no way. way. Yeah. Like, it really is amazing what's yeah. going on. But I want to thank you guys because you guys do know what's going on because you take the time every week to educate yourselves and to, uh, to listen to us talk. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate everyone who supports us on Patreon. Patreon is just such a wonderful place uh, for our community to live. Um, we have all sorts of people supporting us, talking about uh, Cybertruck and Tesla and, and SpaceX. It's so nice to hear from everybody over there. If you want to join us, head over to patreon.com slash now you know. You can support us for just a buck a month. Like really, that does make a huge difference. Um, it, it's, a, it's like if you were a hundred people watching Tesla Time News right now. It, it makes that much of a difference to us. So I really would appreciate it. And, and I really want to show this. I know, but again, that's just for patrons. <laughs> okay. But anyway, to our patrons, we'll see you over on Patreon. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next week. Now, now you know. know.